0: Our guest today is Bonnie Kelly. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you. I am so glad you are here with me today. Bonnie Kelly is a retired registered nurse and a businesswoman who has also worked in millinery, real estate, and home decoration. In 1967, Bonnie met Mary Crowley, founder of the Dallas based Home Interiors, and convinced her to let Bonnie expand the home interiors market in North Texas. Over the course of the next 23 years, Bonnie recruited, trained, and managed a direct sales staff of 2,500 women, not only in Dallas, but across Texas and in several neighboring states. Many of these women were homemakers looking to bring in extra income. Under Bonnie's leadership, through weekly contacts and monthly training seminars that she organized and led, they developed business and networking skills, both to their own home businesses, with flexible work hours, and created wealth to sustain their families. Bonnie's business success allowed her to travel. On some of those travels, Bonnie and her husband Troy smuggled Bibles behind the iron and bamboo curtains and worked in orphanages in Thailand and Romania. Bonnie was married to Troy for almost 58 years until his passing. Together they have two children, five grandchildren, and four great-grandchildren. Today, Bonnie uses her medical training, business savvy, Energy, creativity, and resourcefulness to lead a group of 25 people she calls the League of Volunteers at a local chapter of the Salvation Army. That's the topic we're going to talk about today. But before we do, let me say I see you as a visionary, a people person, someone who's witty and an encourager. You are so much fun to be around and you are generous and kind. How do you see yourself?
1: Wow, that's kind of overwhelming.
0: Oh, but it's all true. We've been friends for a while. It's true.
1: I see myself as a child of God, that any gift that I have for anything has come from him, and that he's entrusted me with those. And uh, I have the philosophy I would rather wear out than rust out. You know, I would rather wear out using the talents that he's given me and not bury them, but to use them to do his will.
0: Well, as long as I've known you, you've been active and involved in so many things, and we're going to get to the heart of that today, your involvement with Salvation Army. But before we get there, I want to hear a little bit more about your story. So tell us, how were those things formed in you? How did you become a people person?
1: Well, I think I always have been a people person. Love being with people. People energize me. And uh, uh, it all started when uh, uh, it's like a garden of peace. You know, uh, my mother uh, said one time, and I overheard her, you know, we never wanted Bonnie. And I carried that with me for so long that I was the unwanted child. But as I grew and matured, I realized that I was the last of six, and my father was a wayward man. And here was six children within a period of 12 years. And many times she had to make the bread out of chicken mash if he would leave the family for several months. And then she had to provide when there was nothing to provide. So I knew that even though she didn't plan on me, that God wanted me here. And that was the most important thing. She never made me feel unloved. No, no, not at all. Realized that God has a plan for me and he has a plan for every person. And we aren't to carry those hurts and non-forgivenesses. Uh, but to give them to the Lord. He will heal uh, us. He will heal our hearts. He'll heal our souls. Psalms 139, 13 through 14 says, For you formed my inner parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Then I realized, too, that God protected me. Sometimes I would be left for days or months with a sister or brother or even neighbors. God gave me the feeling of security during these times. I always felt He was with me. Realize that you're never alone. When you have Christ as your Savior, you can always call on Him. He's there 24-7. Psalms 121, 7-8 through says, The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. So I had scripture, was always important to me. Then the next thing was that God was my provider. God has provided for me. Uh, We had very little materially as children. One pair of shoes, hand-me-down clothes. But we never felt that we had a want for anything. We had good food grown from my mother's garden. We had clothes, hand-me-downs like I said, but they were from siblings or friends. Material items will satisfy temporarily, but I found that avoid all wanting material things was the best way to go. Learn to think before you buy, is this a want or is this a need? Then Philippians 4.19 tells us, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Psalms 37.25 tells us, I was young, now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteousness forsaken or their children begging bread. Then I felt that I should have a purpose. God has a purpose for me being on this earth and you being on this earth. He will guide you to that purpose as you seek him. Read his word daily. I found by reading his word, I would realize what purpose I had. I would seek his purpose and direction daily, avoiding getting caught up to drive the will to be liked. Not everyone's going to like you. I discovered not everybody's going to like me. Some people (laughs) say I'm a little pushy, but not everybody's going to like me. But when I live out God's purpose and seek the approval of others, if I live out God's uh, approval and not seek that of others, then I will have purpose. Psalms 138.8 says, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Isn't that great? God has a work for our hands. He has no hands but our hands. Mm -hmm. I love the story of how in Italy, during the Second World War, when it was bombed, there was a statue in the center of the town. And the hands of the statue, which was Christ, were blown off. And after the war, the people began to rebuild the town. And they said, oh, they said, what will we do with that statue? Tear it down? And somebody came up with the idea of, no, let's put a sign on the fountain that says, God has no hands but our hands. And even today, God has no hands for our hands but our hands. God has a purpose for you. We must continue to seek it. Ephesians uh Fifty-two ten tells us, for we are his workmanship. Excuse me, five two says we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for his good works, which God prepared for beforehand, that we should walk in them. So, when we walk in God's purpose, we will find fulfillment. So that's my garden
0: of peace. I love that, and I've observed that you are a doer. You like to be busy, um, and you have accomplished so many things in your life. It's really remarkable. Um, when do you think you became a doer? As the baby, I would think you would be the spoiled one, but that's not the person you became.
1: Well, there's no time for uh, spoiling with five children, uh, excuse me, six children and uh, to feed. And my mother divorced when I was two, Wow. So uh, I was probably the pet of the family when I was little, but uh, I had a sister who really resented taking care of me, and she grew up to be a very bitter person. She felt mm-hmm. her childhood was stolen mm-hmm. because she had to mind the other children. And she spent her life with an attitude of bitterness. Wow. And I have no room for bitterness in my heart.
0: You don't. so things I yeah. love about you.
1: Bitterness is, and unforgiveness is like eating rat poisoning and hoping the rat dies. You know, all the time we're kind of dying to ourselves and we can find fulfillment in Christ if we die to ourselves and forgive others and realizing we all make mistakes and we are forgiven as we forgive others
0: that's a huge lesson and some people go on an entire lifetime and never learn it I'm so glad you did and I'm so glad that you are faithful to encourage other people to choose forgiveness as well uh, one of the other things that I really admire about you is your resourcefulness and I'm guessing you learned that also in childhood you had to make the do make do with what you had um, and so you have throughout life and you've been a really good steward of the things that have been entrusted to you tell us a little bit about how you built your business and how um God used your resourcefulness and your work ethic to um, help so many people well
1: I started out
0: in nursing uh, God
1: uh, provided a way for me to go to nurses training and graduated and became a registered nurse and then married and uh, church was always important to my husband Troy and me and we couldn't I couldn't go with him on Sundays so uh, I started thinking about what could I do? And someone said, you belong in sales. So I found about a Christian lady, Mary Crowley, who became like a excuse me, mother figure in my life and was a mentor to me. And so I joined Home and Tears and Gifts in 1967. I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And God just grew that company beyond my wildest dreams. And we were able to uh, become people builders give people every opportunity to be who they could be and provide for their family just with a few hours of work a week, still be a homemaker and still be able to run their own business. It was wonderful to see these women develop into everything that God had planned for them with a Christian atmosphere.
0: I love that about you. So it was the compassion, I'm assuming, that drove you into nursing, just being able to help people in their point of need, and that same compassion to help these young moms who wanted to be good wives and mothers but needed the income to do it. And you built leaders everywhere you went. I mean, it wasn't long before you were promoted to head nurse where you were nursing, and then you quickly built an organization of, what did you tell me, um uh, how many people were under you? 2,500?
1: Uh, at the end, uh-huh,
0: yeah. yeah so many people whose lives you impacted who made you made a positive influence in their lives by helping them uh, start businesses that would sustain them and, and grow their families as well.
1: Well, God sent just the right people. It was amazing how he knit together a team uh, beyond my wildest dreams. One lady would be talented in floral design. One would be talented in wall design. Uh, and One could help motivate the people, but each of them that God brought had a very, very special talent, and I appreciated that in them. So I give them the credit. I was just kind of the vehicle, and uh, they were the ones that made it happen.
0: Well, that is so fun because you've always been an encourager, and that was one of the things that um, caused me to be your friend too. I love how you just encourage people all around you, and I know that it was because of that very trait that God uh, was able to build your business around you in such a good way. People need to be encouraged. They need to be seen and heard and equipped, and you were doing those things, and you continue to do those things. And So you're taking your resourcefulness and your compassion and your leadership skills, um, in and your your desire to be busy doing things in a direction that um, m- some people aren't aware that you do. So let's talk a little bit about how and why you got involved in Salvation Army because these people um, that you see and you work with aren't um, corporate leaders aren't strong family leaders, um, are often overlooked and marginalized, but you see them and you encourage them. Tell me how and why you got involved in Salvation Army.
1: Well, I really do not function very well on boards, uh, because I want action. And, uh, but somebody, a gentleman called me, he was a principal in the Irving school system. And he started calling me and said, uh, we can see you down here at the Salvation Army. And We had been involved in the Salvation Army, uh, and I had a place in my heart for them because Oscar Roan was a gentleman who uh, uh, spoke at all the ARC centers, the Addiction Recovery Centers, and he kept saying, Bonnie, you need to get involved with the Salvation Army. And he kept telling me that. So this gentleman kept calling me, kept calling me. And I remembered that my mother said uh, that she was a Lassie at one time, a Salvation Army Lassie in the early 1900s in Montana. And that kind of struck a nerve with me. And I had a book, William Booth, and all these books that my grandmother, who I never met because uh, she passed before I was born, uh, that she had these books. And so it all kind of just was knit together, and which just amazed me. So finally my husband, Troy, after this gentleman called about six or eight times, he said, Bonnie, why don't you just go see what it's all about? And so I did, and uh, I was fascinated to know that the Salvation Army is not only a church, but it helps people with grant, it helps people with uh, spiritually, uh, and uh, just really meets people at their point of need, the downtrodden. So I've always had a place in my heart for people that were kind of overlooked, and I like to treat people as if every person I meet has a sign around their neck, make me feel important. Mm-hmm. No one wants to be wallpaper. Mm-hmm. They want to be seen. They want you to know who they are. Uh, and they may not act like they do, but everybody wants that personal identity. And they all need to know they're a child of God. And he has a purpose for them and a plan for them. If they will draw nigh to them, he will draw nigh to him. If if they will draw nigh to God, God will draw nigh to them. That's a scripture I just love. Mm-hmm.
0: Me too. Well, Listeners, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to hear more about Bonnie's work with Salvation Army and ways you can get involved too. I hope you're enjoying our conversation with Bonnie Kelly. Isn't she a delight? Is there someone you know who could benefit from learning how to plant a garden of peas? please share this podcast with them. You can also help us build the Now I See community by liking, subscribing, and leaving a good rating and review. Visit our website at nis.media to enjoy podcasts and blogs you may have missed, our author's page that features dozens of great summer reads, and our featured causes like the Salvation Army, the Grand Prairie Cat Crew, or the Neuro Fitness Foundation. When you click on those links, you'll be taken to their sites where you can find out more about their organizations and how you can show your support. Join us next week for a conversation with McKinley Edelman, who is using her education, experience, and exuberance to train up the next generation of leaders. Now, back to our show. We are back from our break with our guest today, Bonnie Kelly. Bonnie's been telling us about how she got involved in the Salvation Army. Now I'd like to know, what specific things do you do with Salvation Army?
1: Well, uh, what do I do with the Salvation Army? One of the things that happened was uh, I'd heard a lady talk that she had uh, a spirit of unforgiveness to her mother, and she was given a Sunday school class. And I thought, Lord, there are so many people out there that have in their hearts the feeling of unforgiveness towards someone. And I thought the greatest story of forgiveness I ever heard was when I saw Corey Ten Boom. Uh, she was here in Dallas, and my daughter had a private audience with her. And that was so meaningful for my daughter. It was a life touching thing. She was only about 10, but she spent several hours with Corey Ten Boom. And so when I heard Corey Ten Boom talk about Forgiveness—it touched my heart uh, very, very deeply. So I thought there are ladies out there that need to hear this. So I was doing some things out at Dallas Baptist University, and Pam Moore, who was Corey Ten Boom's uh, secretary and personal assistant until the day she died, uh, would be with me at my table out at Dallas Baptist University. And I said, Pam, would you ever be interested in your experience with Corey and? how she came to forgive uh, the gentleman in Germany who was responsible for the death of her sister. And she said, yeah, I'd consider that. Well, that was in December. I forgot about it. And then comes February, the Lord said to me, Bonnie, now you said you'd do this. And I thought, well, Bonnie, how are you going to get a a bunch of people out? Uh, You're just one little old person. So being on the Council of Salvation Army, I asked the uh, major down there, I said, could I use the umbrella of the Salvation Army for this lunch? And he said, "Yeah, yeah." So I said, "Okay." So I thought, "Well, Bonnie, how are you going to get those people out?" And I thought, "Well, you got friends. Build the uh, guest list like you built your organization. You know, find one person to be the table hostess and have them invite nine people." Oh, okay, Lord, we can do that. Well, by then I formed the League of Volunteers, which is a group of ladies who would fill various voids that were at the Salvation Army. So I asked them, and we put centerpieces together, and those would be sold for $35, which would take care of a scholarship for a child for a week out at the center. And Oh, boy, we're gaining esteem there. So that was just wonderful. So I think we raised about $2,000 the first year. Well, then the Lord just kept building on it, building on it, building on it. And so we have every year, in the uh, first part of April, we have this uh, luncheon, and uh, we offer them the opportunity to provide a scholarship thirty-five a week, or for the whole month, or send them to Hoblitzell, uh which is south of Dallas, to for a whole week at camp. These kids that would never get to do anything, they get to go horseback riding, they get to go canoeing, and they're developed ziplining. They're developed spiritually that week too. It's changing lives. Yes. It's changing lives. So anyway. Uh, This last year, we were so excited. Uh, We raised $36,000 for the Boys and Girls Club in Irving, Texas. So a lot of children will receive scholarships, and we're just praising God for that. We give him all the credit and all the glory. So then every Friday, the League of Volunteers has the opportunity to go down and serve food to the elderly in the city of Irving that need food. And Trader Joe's is wonderful, wonderful. They give us all kinds of meat, vegetables, and and, uh, uh, to put in these boxes. Before, the people came in to the uh, uh, facility before COVID. And we would bring them in, and we sat in the chapel, and we give them a devotion. I thought, we are feeding the, the mouse. We're feeding the stomach. Let's feed the soul. So they receive a devotion and lots of hugs. And then a little retired Baptist preacher down there, he sings for me. So we just have the best time together. And we just love those people. A lot of them don't speak any English at all, but they hug us. They love on us. And it's just a blessing. It's just a blessing. Well, uh, Anyway, the League of Volunteers then can serve that way. So there's all kinds of ways. We've had reading programs in the summer out of this League of Volunteers. One time we had teachers come, and the teachers would... uh, take kids after school and give them a little science class or we uh, have read with them, Uh, just all kinds of things. If we change one life, we never know what it might be. It might be the next president of the United States. It might be the next Billy Graham. Just one life. If we can just touch one life, we can make a difference. And that's how these ladies feel. And they're teachers, a lot of our professional business women. Right now, we're all coming in with canes and walkers. (laughs) Right now, we need people that are in the age of 60 to 75 to come and help us. So you have that opportunity, and we would love to have you. It's just a great sisterhood that has developed. We pray for each other, and we just love on each other. And people that had no circle of friends have developed a
0: circle of friends. It's been exciting to see. Bless me. It is wonderful when people work together for a cause they believe in, how their hearts are knit together, um, and when when you try to give a beautiful gift, I'm always amazed that you take so much more than you give. You always get back so much more than you give, and I love that you're doing that. And let's not just limit it to people who are in retirement age. I'm sure you would welcome younger um, men and women to also come in and to help serve, to lift boxes, move tables, um, and be big brothers brothers and sisters so we're looking for lots of absolutely lots of different opportunities can you think of other ways that people can serve
1: well uh, sometimes we need a driver to
0: go out and pick up the food in mckinney oh, good
1: uh that way then one of the things we really need are bell ringers at christmas time it's just fun you can put a santa claus hat on you can go out in front of a grocery store and ring a bell
0: i meet mean people get out in your community yes yes
1: <laughs> And you can help fill a bus. Uh, we go to Walmart and uh, people buy school supplies and fill that bus, and then those bus, those uh, backpacks and that are taken to the, given to the children that wouldn't have new crayons. They wouldn't have pencils for school. So we do that, and that's a blessing. So there are so many ways uh, for involvement down there. And we have church every Sunday. Love that, love that. That's just a great thing. That's non-denominational, and uh, people are loved and accepted wherever they are, street people, whatever. uh, They are loved and accepted, and that's what William Booth did. He took the downtrodden in London that nobody wanted, and the Lassies went out uh, to these impoverished areas and took buckets of soup. They took a bar of soap, and they took hope, and that's why we call our luncheon the soup, soap, and hope, because we feed people. Uh, at the Salvation Army, we, uh, like they gave a bar of soap uh, because the people weren't bathing. And then they gave the hope of Jesus Christ. And that's what the Salvation
0: Army is given, the hope of Jesus Christ. Mm, I love that so much. Well, um, you have brought so much to this organization from your business experience and just your the strength of your character and um, the, the experience that you've had in faith. Um, what are some of the takeaways? What are some of the um, reasons that keep you coming back? What have you learned about yourself and about people as you've served?
1: Well, I feel that we all need a purpose. God has put talents in us. And I think of the story of the men with talent. One Uh, went out and used all of his and doubled it, and then the one that buried it, I think God has given us talents, and he expects us to use those talents and not just deteriorate. And I pray that till my last breath that I can serve the Lord in some capacity.
0: Mm, Such good words. Um, What have you learned about people as you've served? Um, you've, You've been a leader of people for many, many years.
1: Number one is that every person has potential. Every person has potential. Uh, every person wants a purpose. They want identity. Uh, they want to know that they're important, you know. And uh, one of the things that I'm very burdened with is parenting, uh, that these children are not taught right wrong, you know. Uh, Madeline Murray O'Hara in the 80s got God out of the schools. Abortion came in. We didn't have these before the 80s and it was like people are worthless. The elderly were just ignored and everybody has purpose and God created us to take care of each other and I think it's so sad that parenting is not seen something as something we should rejoice over. It's a burden. And that saddens me because A child is a gift from God with two adopted children. My husband and I were privileged to have two beautiful children who love and serve the Lord, and we are so grateful for him, and we're grateful to the uh, birth mothers that decided to give life, and two beautiful children came out of something that was unexpected in their lives, and I'm very grateful to those women that they chose life for a child, so We need to reverse what went on in the 80s and see every child as God's creation and to see every parent as something that uh, is something of value to the younger people and to serve God with purpose.
0: Mm, thank you. Good counsel. Um, and those are things that I've really enjoyed about being your friend and being a ministry partner with you As you do see people. Before the mics went on, you said that there was uh, a man that was at, the, um, at a dinner uh, that when you were serving at Salvation Army, and he wasn't often participating, but you went and you sat down with him and you introduced yourself and you asked him for his name and he listened to his story, and he just he felt so seen and so heard because you took the time to do that. And you don't just do that for him. You do that for so many people. <laughs> so it's not just a platitude when we hear you say every person is valuable. Every person has a gift. Every person has a responsibility, and I just love that you have um, valued those things, that you've lived those things out as an example for the rest of us, and that you're encouraging the rest of us to do that. As we close out the show today, is there anything you'd like for people to see more clearly as a result of our conversation?
1: Well, I'd like them to know that the Salvation Army is in over 130 countries worldwide. Right now there are officers serving in the Ukraine who refuse to come out. Mm. These people are dedicated to their work for Jesus Christ. So if we can take just a little bit of that dedication and put it into our life, wherever we are, you know, that's important to do. So uh, if you have an opportunity to ring a bell, ring a bell. If you have an opportunity to drop some pennies in, you know, every penny is spent very well at the Salvation Army. I can tell you that because I'm on the council and I know how the money is spent. So... uh, uh, the officers uh, really earn very, very little. It's not some big CEO that earns millions of dollars. It's just pennies uh, to live on. So uh, they're wonderful serving people, and uh, I admire those officers greatly. They may be here one day and call the next day to go serve tornado victims, and uh, they leave their family, you know, and uh, it's a husband and wife thing, you know, they have officers all are married, and they can leave the children and they can go. Or uh, It's just a wonderful ministry. It's non-denominational and serve people that need God's help.
0: Yeah, well, and their motto is doing the most good mm-hmm. in, in, on every level, as you mentioned, not only feeding people, but um, nourishing their spirits and their souls as well, and just meeting so many needs to do the most good. And I think that's what God would want us to do. You can find out more about the Salvation Army and how they are doing the most good in our communities through emergency response and disaster relief, homeless shelters, food pantries, job and life skills training, rehabilitation, after-school programs, services for veterans and the aging, and assisting survivors of abuse and trafficking at SalvationArmyUSA.org. That's Salvation Army USA.org. A link will be included in our show notes and on all our platforms at NowICPod. Bonnie, thank you so much for being our guest today. I've just so enjoyed our conversation.
1: Well, thank you. It's been a joy, Kathleen. God bless you for your efforts, my dear.
0: Thank you. And listeners, we'll see you again next week.